Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I love dogs and cats and the people who care about them. Every week I talk with authors and experts to expand our understanding and appreciation of these pets who share our lives. To hear earlier episodes of this show and download podcasts of other informative pet talk radio shows that I co-host with top veterinarians and experts, please go to RadioPetLady.com. If you want to stay in the know when it comes to doing what's best for your pets, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. You'll find me at Tracy Hotchner. That's Tracy with an I-E. Have a pet-related question or comment? Post it on my page or tweet me. Dog Talk is a production of Pet Media Inc., which is solely responsible for its content. I also produce the Philanthropic Dog Film Festival, sponsored by the Petco Foundation, which I take around the country celebrating the love between dogs and their people while benefiting the animal welfare groups that bring them together. More information is at dogfilmfestival.com. This show is brought to you with the generous support of Waruva, a family-owned pet food company whose owners want to feed their own pets and yours with ingredients that are good enough for people to eat, using the same care, ingredients, and facilities where they make food for people. Named after their rescued kitties, W.E. for Webster, R.U. for Rudy, and V.A. for Vanessa, Waruva's owner, David Foreman, is passionate about good nutrition. Their new Caloric Harmony Dry Food for Dogs is formulated on the principle of how the body actually metabolizes food and the importance of high-quality protein in the diet. Not all calories are created equal. Our pets' bodies and ours digest Twinkies and chicken breasts quite differently. Look for Waruva wherever fine natural pet foods are sold. I have three very different interesting women joining me today. Robin Olson's going to be here with her wonderful blog covered in cat hair, but more importantly, she's a kitten raiser. She saves little kitties from the, the, the vagaries of the outside world. Melinda Cienos will be here to talk about the Buddy Foundation which gives medical assistance in Baltimore, Maryland, to people who otherwise would lose their animals if they couldn't afford the medical care. And Dawn is going to be here, one of the co-founders of a surprising little treat company called Dogs Love Kale. I think it's a great story about a women-powered business succeeding in a crowded marketplace. But first, back to my friend Robin Olson. Robin, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Tracy. It's great to be back. It feels like forever and a day. Robin used to sometimes come on and co-host Cat Chat with me when it was on Sirius XM. And once in a while, even when it was on the Radio Pet Lady Network, we need to do that again because you are the kitten lady. My God, are you ever. <laughs> Describe a little your life in your house. The kitten cam. I feel like I've been inside your house, but I've mostly been inside the bathroom, right? Well, yes. It's the infamous blue bathroom, which is usually <laughs> loaded with little little kittens running around. I find that fostering kittens, believe it or not, is great if you have a bathtub because I can always get keep them in the tub and keep an eye so on funny. them um, so <laughs> till they're about four weeks old. And then I know, oh, it's time for the kittens to escape the tub. And that's how I kind of track their progress as oh, they grow up. 
adorable. Now you're in Connecticut, so you're basically within the uh, the shouting range, the shooting distance of of this actual mm-hmm. broadcast from Peconic Public Broadcasting. How do people learn that you are the crazy lady that will rescue kittens and bottle feed them and teach them all the stuff they need to know? Do they drop them on your well, doorstep like they used to with Doris oh, Day please, and Buck? No. I'm not no, going to no, say no, what you no, not. Don't worry. Yeah, please, no announcing my address. Um, no, it, you know, usually what happens is somebody will, will visit our website, which is kittenassociates.org. That's our nonprofit 100% volunteer award-winning rescue in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. And they find us, they thank you very much. They find us on Facebook or through social media and they say, oh, I either found kittens or I have a mom that's pregnant. Can you help me? And then we kind of take it from there. Um, Always, you know, if we can't take them, we always try to find a placement for them. But that's basically how we get started. So you have other crazy people like you, you know, I, I'm in capital C crazy mm-hmm. as a, as a compliment um, that like mm-hmm. you would take in a litter of teeny weeny. There's not a litter, is it? It's a Kindle of kittens, isn't it? Well, it, it is. Well, it's a litter um, definitely of, of kittens. Um, actually, yes, we do. We do have a network of foster homes and wow. they range from very experienced um, you know, uh, young ladies who have been doing this for a long time and know what they're doing. And then we also have these families who I completely cherish, who have children, who want to teach their children how to not only care about something besides themselves, but <laughs> to learn how to nurture and to, you know, have this experience. And I'm teaching them all the ropes and they're taking it from there and they're doing really Wonderful things. I'm very, very proud of them. That is a wonderful option for so many parents that are way busy. The children mm-hmm. seem to be way busier than the parents these days between soccer practice and mm-hmm. lacrosse meets and God knows what. Yep. But but there's still the strong desire to have a pet, the strong desire to be connected to, a, to an animal. So this is like an intense, labor-intensive learning experience. Mm-hmm. And then the kittens go on to have a life somewhere else. But when you've placed somewhere else meaning either well yeah. they're not trap neuter return when they're that little right they're all adoptable oh absolutely they always go into a forever home right so it, how right. often do you have children who become the failed foster family i.e they insist mm-hmm. upon keeping yeah. at least one of them well what's wonderful is uh one of our newer foster families they have two girls and they're young teenagers and I prepared them very carefully ahead of time saying, okay, look, you know, you can't keep every cat because we need to make room for more. And, you know, I kind of did a lot of hand holding through the process. And of course, you know, they wanted to keep their first foster cats, but they didn't. And I was so proud. I took them out for lunch. I'm like, you guys did great. Oh, you know, that's we nice. wanted it to be a positive experience for them because Yes, it is distressing. It can be, you know, a little bit heartbreaking. Yes. But what I'm, what they're learning now is, well, guess what? You get more. You get more <laughs> kittens. And your kittens never really grow up. Yeah, they change color and sometimes they're little tabbies and sometimes they're orange and sometimes they're gray. But they never get really that much bigger than four months old. Then you get a bunch of little ones again. So 
yes, have they kept one or two cats? Yes, but only after very long discussions with mom and dad. Nice. And they continue to foster for us. And it's wonderful because now one of them wants to be a vet and the other one wants no to uh, keep doing cat rescue. And, wow. you know, that's, you know, having a legacy like that, that's priceless. That's incredible. When you started Kitten Associates, it's been a lot of years now. You were pretty much mm -hmm. on your own taking in bathtubs yep. full of baby kittens. <laughs> and they have a lot of physical demands. I mean, how often do you need to feed the really wee ones? You bottle feed them, right? Oh, well, I don't. Not if I can help it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, they do get out. You know, sometimes, it, you know, we have orphans and they do need some assistance with being fed. So, depending on their age and their health conditions. That depends on how little sleep I get. So you take a little nap and you get up two hours later, you take a little nap and you get up two hours later, but it doesn't take that long. It's not like it takes an hour and a half to prepare their little, See. you know, milk combo, their goat milk. Um, so it get, goes pretty quick. Goat milk? Yes. They get goat milk when they get started off. They can't tolerate um, cow milk. Right. And goat milk is nice. It's very nice for their tummy. Um, it's got some very nice um, probiotic kind of properties for them. So, nice. yeah, we start them off that way and, you know, carefully monitor their weight every single day, make sure they're gaining weight. Really? And then we take it from there. So you have a little scale. You know, and then Today, yeah. everybody gets weight. And you a have little scale. Chart. Yep. We, yep. Keep a chart. Check their weight. Make sure, you know, if we have to... When they're really little, if they don't have a mom, we also have to help them evacuate their stool right. and their urine. So we have to make sure we do that. And that's kind of, well, it's kind of entertaining a little bit <laughs> <laughs> because you're taking, you know, a little cotton ball, nice warm water, and you're doing that thing that you weren't supposed to do when you had a sleepover with your friends and you stick <laughs> their hand in warm water and it makes them pee. Um, so... Yeah, we kind of do that to the the kittens, and it works great. You know, it takes two seconds. Do do do. Oh, look, pee here it comes. I'll be so, darn. And um, that's and that's what the know, mother's yeah. tongue does when she's looking after them. That's what the mother. Yeah, she stimulates them to evacuate. So the reason for that is in nature, she obviously doesn't want her little nest of kittens to be smelled right. by any predators, right? So she yes. has to keep them immaculately clean. And she has to take on that kind of responsibility until they begin litter training, which is a whole nother joyful experience of poo all over the place. Um, and that's at about three weeks. So it's not that long. It all goes quick. You know, you have a great, you you have a great another, attitude. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that long. Yeah. And then, of course, as you point out, there's no. another crop right behind it, however. So, so right. put all together, it's endless. Each one isn't that long, but it's an endless amount of well, put, put things in one end and take them out the other. Well, no, let's not make it sound so ter terrible. <laughs> endless. It certainly isn't. The cool thing about it is I think it might be like children only. It goes way, 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 way faster. It's just when you get to the point where, oh, my God, if I have to get up every two hours right. again, I can't do it. Then it's every four hours and it's every six and then, you know, then they're, you know, maybe they're making a mess for a week while they're figuring out how to find the litter box and that's messy for a week. And then they stop doing it because they figured it out. So, right. you know, it's just kind of like you ride this sort of 
wave of like, okay, here's this little thing. Okay. Then it's not so bad. Then they get it. And then they start eating on their own. And then you're like, Oh, thank God. And I don't have to do this craziness, the bottles and the syringes and the miracle nipples and what, you know, things called miracle nipple. I don't know oh why you that. Goodness. You know. so, yeah, so, so these are all the yeah. things you have to teach the foster families. Sure. Well, I do. You, sometimes do you have videos? Do you show them in person, or do you have videos on kitten associates I, giving tips? You know, I aspire to have videos. I think there's already some terrific um, information out there. Um, the kitten lady, Hannah Shaw, she's really kicking some buns with taking care of orphan cats. Um, she's got lots of videos. Go look at her stuff. Or what I do is I do a lot of hands-on because I think that's the best way to learn if possible. Yes. So I yes. just make sure I'm there. They get supportive information. I give them printouts of like how to tell if this X, Y, Z thing is happening, how to look for a cat that might not be doing well. And we just give them as much support without being annoying <laughs> as possible. Right. And then not, let, not, them, let them work it me. out. Not to mean bossy or naggy, but on the other hand, it's such a huge right. responsibility, and these kittens are so tiny and vulnerable. I'm sure that having that yeah. support system is what gives people the courage and the confidence to do it. Have you yeah. kept count mm -hmm. of how many kittens have come through the blue bathroom? Oh, boy. Um, well over, I think we're over 500 now, oh. something like that. Uh, it's been, <laughs> let's just say... I have not had a bath <laughs> in a very long time. This woman showers. I'm a person, only. but showers are, that's all I'm getting these days. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, the, the blue bathroom is really just for the kittens now. There's a cat tree in there, and there's, you know, all kinds of stuff in there, uh, except for me. I'm, I just don't get to use it. It's kitten heaven. Um, when you started Kitten Associates, what was your goal? I mean, there's so many people so dedicated to cats and sacrificing a lot of time and money for them. Trap, neuter, return people, people looking after right. colonies of cats and those that are nurturing the, the smallest and most vulnerable. Did you have a goal or did you just say, I have to do something? These kittens are dying out there, getting run over or eaten well, by predators or right. getting sick. Did you have a, 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 a long-term goal or a, or a dream or something? You know... I never thought that far ahead. But that's probably good. But, you know, See, that's why but, I'm asking. If you thought, oh, that's I want to devote my life to this and spend all of my yeah. extra money and then have to become a 501c3, which is right. a pain in the neck to do, you right. you wouldn't have done it. Well, right? yeah. well, what happened was I really, you know, I discovered the first time I started fostering, and that was about 17 years ago, that the only thing that ever really made me happy was helping others. And that means helping cats and kittens, but also means educating people about how to live a better life with their cats. Yes. So all those things kind of wrapped up into one thing is education, nutrition, behavior. I'm a certified cat behavior counselor now. All oh, those cool. things are things that make me feel really happy and when it's winter and miserable and you're depressed and you just like uh you know okay I haven't been on vacation for a long time but 
Then I open the door, and these little tiny kids <laughs> run over. Their tails are up in the air. They climb up my legs. They're like, mew, mew, mew. Can, can you play with me? Can you give me a snack? Can you pay me some attention? And, you know, I'm, you're like, oh, you know, everything else, who cares? That's everything so else, cool. I, you know, That's you so can't cool. have a bad day in a room full of kittens. You just, it's not allowed. Oh, and we actually crazy. have... We have volunteers who come here who have, they have addiction issues, they have serious emotional issues, and they come here and they get kitten therapy. And it helps me, oh. it helps our kittens get socialized, and it helps them. So why not do that? How lovely. It's not so easy in the modern world, maybe it was never easy, to find ways in which you feel like you can impact positively the world around you, people around you, creatures around you. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty great thing that you discovered it and you've expanded it to to fill your own life and heart and soul along with other people's. I mean, that's a pretty great combination, Robin. Yeah, well, if I knew going into it, that's what would happen. I probably would have done it sooner. But, you know, I think my life has sort of evolved into being about compassion, love, and caring for everybody, other people, all these animals, you know, what can I do to help and not thinking about what am I going to get out of it? Because then you just get this kind of bad attitude about, well, what, what's in it for me? I don't care. And when you get to that place, then when you do get something out of it, it's priceless. It's precious. It's wonderful. I get, I get so much from just going to see the kids and they're like, Oh my God, look what we did. We're bottle feeding babies. <laughs> we'll show you. I'm oh. like, good job. You know, it's like, nice. wow. And, nice. And you can do that. And other people that are listening, don't be afraid. Get out there and foster. Try it. Work with a good rescue who can support you. You know, It's not a commitment for the rest of your life. It's just for a few weeks. And you are saving lives. That's what this is about. It is just for a few weeks, and if it morphs into 17 years, as it did for Robin, well, then so be it. (laughs) Start small. Think this is just a temporary, it's just a trial basis. I'm just going to put my toe in the kitten water, and then you drink the kitten Kool-Aid, and you are so far gone. I must say you make it sound so wonderful. If people go to Mm kittenassociates.org, they could obviously support you with money, but they could also sure. get in touch and see if they live anywhere near Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Maybe they want to be a foster. Um, maybe they could take a mama cat after she's been spayed. I don't know. That might be part of the yep. deal, right? The mamas need oh, a absolutely. home. absolutely. Goodness only knows. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I, you I, know, I think it's the, Go ahead. No, you. The, the thing is, you can help. You don't have to have cats in your bathroom as I do to help other rescues and mine or any other rescues, you can do pretty much anything that you like to do. Odds are a rescue could use help with that. Even if it's things like just taking pictures or data entry, or you like to plan events, you're personable and you can answer phone calls for an hour a week. You know, it doesn't take a lot. And people, you shouldn't think, oh, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just answering the phone. Well, guess what? Yes, you are, because rescue isn't one person. It's a team. We all work together in our groups. I have my foster homes. I have my vets. I have my, you know, peers that do rescue that we team up and we help each other. You can be part of that. And you get just as much credit for saving lives as the people that have them in their homes. 
because so also you're that freeing them up. You. You're freeing the, everyone yeah. up by right. being the person who writes something on the blog or uh, decides to right. have a bake sale to raise money or awareness or mm-hmm. goes it somehow gets yeah. involved in an adoption event. I think it's it's totally cool. I obviously want you to be my guest at the the very first New York Cat Film Festival, November fifth. Put that on your. Oh cat. yes, I'll Somebody be there. Is going to well, it's November fifth, so it's not so heavy kitten season. There's a good chance you might no. be allowed to have the day off. We got some great. We might be done. That would be temporarily, right? You're never totally right. done. You're just done temporarily. Never, never, never. But yeah, th- this you know we're we're glad that another kitten season's wrapping up a little bit and it's starting right. to slow down a little bit. There's another one coming, but that's not that's not what we think yep. about now. Robin Olson, Covered in Cat Hair, is such a great blog, and kittenassociates.org is some wonderful addition to, to the world of cats. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Take care. We'll be right back after this quick word with Melinda Cienos and the Buddy Foundation. This show is brought to you by Halo Holistic Natural Dog and Cat Foods, which are made only with whole meats, never any rendered meat meals like chicken meal or byproduct meal. Dogs love meat and cats are obligate carnivores, so optimum nutrition starts with meat that their bodies can best utilize. With responsibly sourced ingredients slow cooked in small batches, independent tests have shown Halo foods are highly digestible so your pet's bodies can absorb the nutrients. When you feed your pet Halo food, at the same time you'll be nourishing less fortunate shelter pets because for every purchase you make, Halo gives a bowl of food to shelters. I am back with Melinda Cianos, who is going to tell us all about the Buddy Foundation for those lucky people. Well, kind of unlucky because their dog's really sick in Baltimore, Maryland. Melinda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure. You must have a great feeling, even though you're dealing with people in crisis, to to be running this nonprofit that was started by by Jay Backman, Dackman and his family, inspired by his basset hound Buddy, and stepping in when people have are facing a, a costly medical intervention that they simply can't afford, and the only other option is to put their dog to sleep. I mean, are, are, do you only deal with situations that dire? We do. We do. Um, our families, um, well, they come to us with all different kinds of circumstances and situations, but um, generally their backs are against the wall um, and they're um, pretty powerless to, to get the cures they need for their canine loved ones without assistance. So are these, how do these people find you if they're in an, an urgent veterinary situation they clearly don't have pet insurance, which I urge everyone to have, but they may be people who didn't know about it or even possibly couldn't afford the 35 or $40 a month per, right. per dog. Are they referred to you by an emergency vet clinic? Because I would think that people in that situation aren't going to think, hey, I think I heard something on the radio, right? Yeah, so they're coming to us from all different um, mediums, I guess, and places. Um, one of the main places is being referred by um, veterinarians that we've worked pretty hard to um, develop relationships with. So um, I've got about eight vets in the area right now that I work really closely with. Um, A lot of them will refer families in our direction, but then in addition to that, we're um, pretty active in social media. We've got a Facebook page and a um, pretty nice website, and um, we're pretty 
pretty visible there as well. So I do find a lot of people come to us that way as well. Um, but primarily right now, and word of mouth from from those buddies in need who are now buddies in, for life, who right. refer us to friends and family. Yeah. So well, uh, so well. so that's so that word of mouth is interesting. Although of course you wouldn't want your very good friends to wind up in the same pickle you were in. On exactly. some level, I would hope that the people that that found themselves facing some, I don't know, call it a three thousand dollar surgery to remove something from their lab mix's stomach would tell their friends, oh my God, the Buddy Foundation saved Jake's life because they paid for it, but you should really get pet insurance. I mean, do you try to do any education around that topic or do you, is that not at all part of your mission? Um, it's not a part of our mission right now. I don't, I don't say that it won't be at some point, but right now we're, we're not um, working on that aspect of things at, at all, no. Because um, we, you guys are the crisis intervention and even though there's still always going to be people in that situation and needing your help, it'd be great if the the large percentage of people that just don't understand how huge a vet bill can be and how on, on what short notice it happens could get pet insurance. It's just I, I, I'm so grateful that you exist, but you can only help a few dozen people in a very small geographic area. And I wonder if there are other philanthropists like Jay Dackman who have identified that in their sort of neck of the woods, they want to be that that knight in white armor. Is this a very rare kind of a nonprofit or are there a number of them around the country? Well, you know what? Honestly, I, I know that it's very rare in, in the Maryland area um, and across the country. I'm not really sure of the numbers of... Um, I've done a little bit of light research. Um, there aren't there aren't very many who are doing it the way that we're doing it. Um, I've, I've maybe found two that are doing it well and have been able to um, sustain themselves. Um, it seems to me like a, a fair number of organizations have have given it a go for a short period of time, but then and then that's it. Um, they yes. just run out of resources and funds very quickly. Yeah. So um, we. You know, we're fortunate because our model is just a little bit different in that the founder can afford to, um, has taken on overhead expenses and will, um, you know, pay everything needed to keep the lights on, so to speak. And so that frees up all the donated dollars to go directly to um, people in need, said the dogs in need. Oh, so that's, that's, uh, that's yeah, smart. Really super special. Yeah, super special. That's really smart because otherwise, let's say someone says, I have $100,000 and I'm going to spend it this way. It doesn't take very long, maybe, I don't know, a dozen or 15 dogs, depending on what the limit is of what you give away, before it's all over, right? Exactly. I mean, it's the, exactly. and that's just the giving away the money. The, the operating expense is the, the ongoing cost. And I imagine that donations are easier to get if people know that 100% goes towards those medical situations. Is there a limit? What is the, other than that being unique in your business model, how else um, does it work that, that's made it so successful and, and, and secure? Uh, well, we do an awful lot of really hard fundraising on our own. So we've, we've really pretty big with events and things of that nature that have been, um, we're thankful, successfully successful so that we've been able to raise a lot of money that way. Uh, we have a lot of private donors that, that come in and, and um, you know, help out. And then we have our website that's set up so that um, people can go to uh, 
people that want to donate can go right to that website and see a gallery of photographs of I the, see. the dogs that we've helped before and the ones that are coming down the pike so that we kind of try to keep donors and, and possible potential donors, um, you know, keyed in all of the time. Um, so we can keep the conversations going all of the time and the um, and the interest to help is uh, we try to keep that momentum running all, all the time. That's really very smart because I, I've noticed in social media that when a plea goes out, it's generally a, a sort of, if you will, disorganized. It's not through a nonprofit and it's not really organized, but people put up the thing about the, you know, I don't know, the dog found in the bushes and the legs off and it needs to have this major surgery. Right. People will give money in that moment to that individual dog. Of course, now I have to be cynical and say, but one can't be 100% comfortable and sure that all the money you give will really go to that dog. Right. Whereas if you have right. a buddy foundation, everything is really checked out. I mean, the, the potential for fraud I imagine is rather high, both in soliciting funds from the public, obviously the opposite of your situation, but also what about people who come to you? Has there ever been a situation where someone tried to take advantage of your generosity or, 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 or misuse the money, or does it go directly to the vet? It goes directly to the vet. And I haven't, we have not been in a situation where that's occurred yet. Um, people just really are, these families are raising money on their own as well, I right see. alongside us. So they're committed and they're invested from the very beginning. They're required to contribute to the surgery. Um, uh, and we work right alongside them raising money. So um, the investment is, um, I'm, I'm, we're pretty much setting that up so that so that we do have a an invested family and a, an, invest, an invested situation before we even um, before we even take on a case. Um, so that's smart. It's a little bit there's a little bit social work ish in nature. Yes. You know, I yes. go out and I visit families and I and I see whether or not uh, you know living situations and conditions are are um, are good for these little guys. And um, so we yeah. So it's a, it's really kind of hard, right? Because it's subjective yes. and it's case by yes. case to a degree. Um, but we have to make sure that, that these little guys are in situations that give us uh, uh, the business side of things, the longest return for, for what we're putting out for these families. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. of that. So, so, this, so this little chihuahua has a broken back or something or suggested something terrible. You want to go make sure that how that dog is living, I mean, the people right. too, but in your case, it's the dog you're paying attention to, that it's a safe and comfortable environment, not uh, something that you would think, oh my God, somebody needs to call, you know, animal control. This animal, this Correct. is not a good place for, for animals. Correct. Right. That's exactly right. But, so, so you must trying. find yourself in some, some, some odd or awkward or interesting situations. What did you do before you did this? What was your background? Um, I was a teacher. Uh, but I've always been an animal lover, um, and so my entire life growing up have had animals and uh, and horses and dogs and cats and you name it really, and just have uh, been an animal lover my entire life. Um, and I've a nonprofit arena has already always been very intriguing to me also, and so when the two were matched up and the the um, idea of being able to be challenged by this was was put on my plate, I I just couldn't resist it. And clearly, you have a vision, and you're and you're and it's evolving. You're finding the ways to best use everybody's resources to benefit I, the I, animals and and make sure there's more animals that can be helped for all the tomorrows. Absolutely, 
Yeah, absolutely. It has been tremendously rewarding across the board on, on just about every aspect of, of being able to grow this thing and also being able to work um, hand in hand with these families. It's, it's really amazing. And, and they then become your advocates. They, not only do they help raise the funds uh, in whatever way they can to afford this medical care, but then they become advocates for the Buddy Foundation? They do. They're the sweetest. They really are. They, um, they're, they're vocal and they're giving and they, uh, they've stayed plugged in and they're watching other families and they're doing things for, uh, like, for instance, we had an amputee um, about eight months ago who um, it was kind of they, they got this little guy into the surgery and determined that they couldn't do what they thought they could do for his elbow. And so they had to take the leg off. So it was traumatic all the way around for the family, for us. Um, and then the recovery process was traumatic as well. So um, the the reason why I even bring that up is because so now this family is kind of trying to be, um, you know, give back by talking to other families who are our families who are in the same situation nice. about. Yeah. So there's that kind of network going on, too, which is, uh, I just think, priceless. Yeah. Very because, important because when people yeah. have to make the decision to remove a limb from a dog, 99, or I won't say 90%, most dogs do very well with it, but people fear they won't. And there have even been people who've euthanized dogs thinking it's cruel to make them walk on only three legs when we've seen so much evidence oh that God. they actually do great. But how wonderful oh, to hear do. from a family that lived through it. You can yes. do this, you know, and the dog can do it and you'll have a long life together, long, healthy life together by doing it. What are what are some of the most either common or, or surprising medical situations that you have intervened to help with? Well, let's see. Surprising, I guess, is the latest one that we've done. Not a really surprising, but it was an obstruction for this little guy, Babe. You can see him on our website if, if you go go there. Um, it's tbfmd.org. Um, who had an obstruction, and, and when they did the, um, when they actually pulled everything out of this little guy um, who wasn't eating and couldn't go to the bathroom and was becoming dehydrated and was going pretty south pretty fast, um, he, uh, what they pulled out of his stomach was, uh, I think, uh, arresting for me because the, the vet sent us a photograph of what they actually pulled out of there. It was at one of those Nyla bones. That was the whole totally, thing? Yeah, the whole, in, the entire thing. Yeah, oh, my just, God. Yeah, Which is like um, hard, hard, hard rubber, plastic. Yeah, yeah. So it what had, kind it of dog only, was this? A little pit, a pit bull. Baby? <laughs> um, I think he's about a year old. Oh, yep, about a year old. And um, he's, oh, my gosh, he's extremely photogenic. The, the, the dog <laughs> couldn't be any cuter, right? So we got Fundraising for him was really pretty easy because he's. Uh, I I will send you a couple photographs of him. Yes, please. I'll, I'll I'll put them out with the with the podcast of the show. So ingestion that was pretty surprising to find wow. that that was lodged in this little guy, and and then it also had punctured a little bit. So he he once they got him in there was a little bit it was a little touch and go there for a bit, but he is doing really well. So I mean, there, there's a lesson. I'm sure a lot of these emergency things are about ingestion. You hear about the Labradors that eat a whole brazier, a wire right. underwire brazier. You're like, really? In right. one piece? Why? But I, I, I guess we really need to monitor our dogs with any kind of a chew treat or toy. It always says that, 
But it's funny because a nyla bone is one of those things you're supposed to just let hang around the house and they just pick it up at will and put it down. In this case, he inhaled it. My goodness. Yeah, so that was surprising and that was a little bit of a tough case, but I have to, um, but but we're happy that he's doing well. And the other the other surgeries that seem to come uh, our way pretty often are orthopedic. I mean, just yes, torn, yes. AC, torn ACLs like there are no tomorrow. Yeah. I know. It's a terrible yeah. thing. It's a terrible thing. I've had so many dogs with torn ACLs and it, it costs about $5,000. And I have to say the recovery from that, from what I can tell, is, is sort of worse than being a tripod and having a limb removed because of the six to eight weeks of complete crate rest afterwards. Yeah. Like, you're right. It can be oh. really tough. It can oh. be really tough. But You're- but you also have the dog for the rest of your life. It could be lame. It's going to develop arthritis. It might have some pain. But who can afford the five grand? Yet again, I will say pet insurance because ACL tears are so common. And the fraud around that, unfortunately, is so common with pet insurance that many policies now say you have to have the policy in place for a whole year. Before they will cover it, because people are really naughty. They, oh, their dog's late. Oh, it's got an ACL tear. I'll get pet insurance, and I'll make the claim in two weeks or even in two months. Right, right, right. That's that's, that's fraud. So there's a a reason to get pet insurance the minute that you adopt or rescue or get any age of dog, because it can happen at any time. And there's only so many buddies that the Buddy Foundation can help. Well, this is, is really wonderful, Melinda. It's so wonderful you found something that, uses all of your passion and abilities and and can and influence and impact so positively all of these family dog bonds. I, I, I say that it, it sounds a little like Habitat for Humanity, where people get a brand new house that's constructed, but they have to work on the house too. They're there right. with a hammer right. or a nail or a paintbrush. Um, and I think that's really your model is we will yeah, help you. You're right. That's a great analogy. Yourself. You're right. Oh, and it's nice. Good feeling for people. Then they don't feel they're just taking straight charity. No, that's and that was really a big piece of the the reason why we we've um, it's grown and evolved in this direction like this was exactly for that reason because um, we know people didn't didn't want to feel like that. That's right. This taking funds is is not an easy thing. It's hard. That's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, we didn't want to be. We wanted to empower. We didn't want to. We nice. didn't want to rush in and save. We wanted to help right. the families be the saviors. So that's, that's really kind nice. Of what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, because people have their pride, and and people could feel it, taking taking a gift, taking charity is actually very difficult. And and giving it, you clearly have the sensitivity about that. Well, it's great. You're obviously helping a lot of people and their dogs, and. I hope others that are listening that might ever be in a position to create something like the Buddy Foundation might turn to you for for suggestions on how they could do that in their own community. Thank you so much, Melinda. Keep up. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back after this quick word with Dawn and Dogs Love Kale. This show is made possible in part by Precious Cat Litter, owned by Dr. Elsie, who has his own cats-only clinic in Colorado. He's devoted his life to inventing innovative litters for the health of all members of the family, and now he has broken new ground by creating a new dry and canned food for kitties called Clean Protein. 
Clean protein was inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. And 90% of the protein in the clean protein kibble and cans is animal-based, not the plant-based ingredients in traditional dry cat food like grains, potato, vegetables, and fruits that are high in oxalate and lead to rapid metabolization, which actually increases your cat's hunger. The primary ingredients in Dr. Elsie's clean protein are the highest biological value proteins available. And the result is that your cat's appetite is satisfied longer without compromising her health. If you want to feed dry food to your cat, even as part of her diet, make the healthier choice. The proof is in the protein. I am back with Don Ward who is the co-founder of this treat company called Dogs Love Kale, which when I first heard the name, I was like, they do? Says who? Well, it turns out they do. This company is so successful, and these two ladies started it together. And Dawn is, is jumping out from her day job to tell us a little bit about how two women can start a company against all odds and uh, with a crazy name and a crazy ingredient and have it be a success. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Thanks, Tracy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I've had the pleasure of, of sneaking a peek at you and Paula when you put up your booths at these huge pet expos. And you have great-looking products. I mean, they're all biscuits and treats. And mm-hmm. the name is completely shocking and surprising. And when I walk around these big, giant expos with, I don't know, a 1,000 booths, 2,000 booths, or I see ads in the pet industry magazines, there must be hundreds of dog biscuit pet pet treat companies and yet you have risen above all of that noise and so forth and made a real success of this even though you both have to have other income as well it's really impressive and I wonder if you could tell a little bit the story of Dogs Love Kale how it started and what that trajectory has been like because I think it's a I hope it's a, a, an inspirational story to other people and especially women to just go for it, you know, to have the courage and the guts to just go for it. Well, Tracy, you know, it happened by fluke. Uh, Paula and I were uh, have started a different company. We were making for humans um, a gluten-free, high-protein, low-sugar, low-calorie cupcake and we were on QVC, you know, we were fairly successful with that. Um, Yes. And so we were, we were home and we were making kale chips for us to eat. And our three dogs um, went crazy for the smell and hearing the crunch. So we, we gave them a taste of it and they went nuts for it. So um, they kept begging for more, and we just we said, well, okay, we better Google to make sure that kale <laughs> is good for dogs because we weren't sure if we were killing them or not. Right, right. And 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 we found out that it's fantastic for dogs. So um, Paula said, well, why don't we make a dog treat with kale being the main ingredient? Nobody's doing it, and you know we came up with this adorable packaging. And um, along the way, you know, we only started out with one flavor, which led to three, then five, then eight. And now we have 14 SKUs. And in addition to the kale, we now have, um, we recently launched Dogs Love Snap Peas. So we have three flavors in the Snap Pea line as well. well. But what's extraordinary to me is the leap of faith from, hey, 
we've put some kale into the oven and we're having a nice time with the olive oil and the salt. And the dogs right. love it. But okay, and, and I actually am a nut about about kale chips, which aren't really chips. It's just kale dried and tossed with olive oil and salt, as far as I know, right. and put onto baking right. sheets and baked until it's all crispy. And if you aren't careful, you burn it and have to throw it all away and start over. My late husband mm -hmm. hated the smell. Of course, he hated all vegetables. But the smell of the kale cooking, he found horrible. And that's the very smell the dogs apparently loved. And it has a very right. distinct smell. I happen to be nutty for kale. I don't know why it is. And I think a lot of people are because now all these chic restaurants have kale salad and chopped kale. You go to England, where I go, where one of my oldest friends lives, and she laughs because every American that comes to stay at their house talks about life loving kale. All of them. It's like a British joke that Americans love kale, right. which is funny because in this case, it's dogs love kale. But and so you guys were <laughs> yeah. bakers and very innovative and successful to be on QVC. I don't think people know that it's really hard to get on QVC. So you, yeah. you got on it and you were successful, but you weren't going to try to make a kale cupcake for dogs. You were going to make a treat. How did you even I mean, what was the experimentation process like? How did you know how to make the, a recipe or or did you throw away a million before you got a good one? Or how did you what were the mechanics of going from my dogs do love kale? to coming up with a product that you could make and who made it for you? Did you make it at home? I mean, how did well, it, we did? How we, did you... we started out with a simple recipe and uh, we got out the rolling pin and a cookie wow. cutter. Wow. And we started in our kitchen and there was, you know, there was some trial and error, you know, you couldn't have it too soft. You couldn't have right. it too hard. It had to be just right. And, um, and, you know, then we went from our kitchen to we rented a commercial kitchen. And still we brought our rolling pin and cookie cutter with us. <laughs> and um, our first major order was from BarkBox. And when wow. they ordered 30,000, when they ordered 30,000 units, we said, okay, we better get a co-packer. And I then from there, you know, you must have panicked. I mean, how well, much we did. I mean, BarkBox, and not everybody knows what it is. I love BarkBox. Um, it comes every month, and it's a box that you're like on a subscription service, and it's full of surprising and delicious and unusual items, whether they're food or toys or something else. So to be tapped by them, you guys have been tapped by the fairy wand more than once because being tapped by QVC is the fairy wand. And BarkBox, every single person in the pet industry starting out or established wants to be in BarkBox because they pay you to put it in there. And then your brand is seen by tens of thousands of people who receive the box. So that's huge, right. but it's also daunting. You're sitting there with your roller rolling pin and a glass of Cabernet or something. And all of a sudden somebody <laughs> wants 30,000 packages of it it's that's like way outside your wheelhouse so how and, did you and go, the funny did, thing is yeah the, the funny thing is they they asked us you know can you handle it and we're like yeah sure <laughs> we're freaking out you know we're, so like yeah no problem got that one in the bag so oh you know goodness. that's and you know so we, how, we did, look, how we did you look, find a co-packer that quickly well, you know, thank God for the internet, you can find anything right. you want. Mm -hmm. um, so you research co-packers, you know, in, in your industry, and, you know, it, there's like a hundred that'll pop up. 
Um, but you so, weren't using you, know, really you weren't you weren't using pet food ingredients. You were using human human grade ingredients. Oh yeah, yeah. So that and and so here's the thing with that. So as I mentioned, we started out making cupcakes for humans. Right. So the we asked our same co-packer who was baking oh. our cupcakes to do the dog treats. And the only reason why he did it was because it was all human-grade ingredients. At the right. time we were using him, we didn't have any meats. It was all only our all-natural flavors, and we have five of those, you know, like the pumpkin, the sweet right. potato, the peanutty, um, the apple. So he had no problem making those for us because it was just fruits and vegetables. Wow. So that's who made it for you? Yeah. The fancy cupcake yeah. and guy? Then, and, then we, and then we outgrew him, and then we had to find another co-packer. But I have to tell you, we had to early on make a decision um, whether we wanted to pursue the cupcake business or the, the dog treat business. And um, we obviously decided to stick with the dog treats. So I can't ask you for a gluten-free cupcake for me that has to be gluten-free. I guess that's that's gone the way of all good things. Darn. Well, well I'll tell you, we, we put what? it on the back burner. Okay, keep it there because, you know, cupcakes mm -hmm. are still everybody's favorite thing. And, and there are all kinds of people that want to be gluten-free, not that have to be like I do. But the funniest thing about the gluten-free. So I visit you guys at your booth just because I like you. Because I really think mm -hmm. it's great that two women started this business on their own. And I even said to you, hey, wouldn't you love to, you know, sponsor something I'm doing? You're like, we don't have any money. And you look at this booth <laughs> and this beautiful packaging and, you know, this real success, it's like there's no extra money for anything. And I just think mm. it takes a lot of guts and courage. And I, and I said to you, I'll bet when you first said to people, we're going to make a dog treat called Dogs Love Kale, that half your friends said, you're nuts. And maybe yes. half said, what a good idea. But you said, no, they all said you were nuts, right? Most of them. Yeah. Most, and, the, and the ones that, you know, said, go for it, they were probably still worried for us. Yes, exactly, because they, they probably personally didn't like kale either. So when I visited you at the booth, and there were these snap peas. Now, the first time I saw snap peas, which are a human treat, they're called snap peas. And they're mm -hmm. basically, I think, made of potato, right? And then they've got some coloring and some peas involved, and they're no, so No, no, no. No, it's peas. They don't? It really is peas? Well, yeah, I've gotten okay. them. Those are potatoes. It's not. It's really peas. Well, they sell them at places like Trader Joe's and stuff. And the packaging, they're made to look like a little snap pea, but they're a crispy, delicious little human treat. And you said, yeah, that's what we're doing for the dogs. So I said, I said something to you about it. I can't find anything to eat on this entire floor because everything has gluten. And you said, here, have these. So that afternoon, I was so starving and walking a million miles amongst all these booths. So I open up your snap peas for dogs and I'm eating them and they're so delicious. So delicious. They had some kind of mm -hmm. cheese sprinkled on them too, right? They were delish. <laughs> yeah. they were so That's good. the Himalayan, the Himalayan yak cheese. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. That was so tasty. And I went to a cocktail party being given by some other pet company and I'm, and there people are eating all these hors d'oeuvres that are set out for them. None of which I can eat. And so I just, I'm opening up my dogs love kale snacks and munching away and, People was like, what are you doing? I said, eating something delicious that's, that I'm allowed to eat. 
So my dogs were a little bummed because uh, I, I saved half the bag for them and they practically ate oh, the wrapper. Funny. It was so delicious. But it's it's pretty brazen for you to have gone from a biscuit to something completely different. I mean, it's all puffed. It's like a cheese doodle, but healthy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, we got the inspiration from our own dogs. And, you know, the other, the other really important thing about our version of the snap pea versus what the humans are eating is ours are better for you. There's, um, there's only three ingredients. There's it's peas, brown rice, and whatever it's seasoned with, so that the cheese or the beef or the chicken. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, and sunflower oil. That's it. So that's it. Wow. So whatever you know, ingredient deck is on the ones you may have in your own home is you should throw them out and go out and, and eat the dog ones. It's true. And eat the because, dog ones. Because the human ones for sure have chemicals and preservatives at the minimum and probably some fake flavors and, you know, the things that make you addicted to it, which is what all right. human fast foods are intended to do. So what's next on the dog's love? Well, okay. So it's just the two of you. At some point, didn't you bring in sister-in-laws and and nieces and no. other humans? No, no, no. It's just Paula and I. Were you tempted and, at uh, any point of thinking oh, we could use some more help? Oh yeah. Yeah. We um we have um we have a uh <laughs> I hate to say it like this, but a contract CEO. So we have a CEO that um that we just hired um very recently. And he's he's probably going to bring this company, you know, to a whole nother level. Oh, so we're scary. really excited. You know, so it's going to really be a big, that. fancy grown up. When you say I'm embarrassed to say a contract as CEO, what does that mean? Well, we he's not working for us full time. Oh, I see. That's basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get a smart um, business person who lends just the credibility and also the business smarts to have you go public or be bought. You don't want, do you want to be bought by a, a, another pet treat company and make a bunch of money and then have them make your thing and maybe not make it exactly the way you make it? Is that your, would that be the best, would that be your best case scenario? Well, that's a horrible thing. You know, we, we, we want this, our brand and our recipes to continue. You know, we don't want, we're trying to get the bad stuff off the shelves and, right. and trying to put our products on the shelves because it's, we're a limited ingredient company. So, you know, most of our ingredients in any package has less than seven ingredients. So that's pretty impressive because to do that and have yeah. something taste good, look good, and stick together, mm -hmm. right? It's very difficult. Yeah. A lot of those additives are to make something be more attractive or perform better in the food. And cheaper. And cheaper. Yes. yes. There's a lot of fillers in there just to bring the, the price of the product down. Yeah. That's by necessity in, in the pet food industry and in the human food industry. So that's why there's a premium that you pay for something that that has just the very few, very pronounceable ingredients in it. Well, so when you say it'll take us to the next level, you say it would be horrible to be bought out, but I'm just uh, wondering. No, it I'm would be, no, I'm sorry. It would be horrible to be bought out and they change the recipes. At least that's what I thought I heard you say. Yeah, I did. And that's why I just want to yeah. say, since, since my reason for having you here 
besides the fact that I think your success is great and the products are, are really nice, is that two women just did this on their own moxie. But I do know, yeah. as a cautionary tale, other people, very high-minded, very purist, who have who their company has been sold, and and the recipes were absolutely changed. Maybe not the first year, maybe not the first six months, but they absolutely changed them because they're in the business to be in business. And so mm. that's just you know the kind of the the feeling of of purity and uh, righteousness about it. It's, it's a curious conundrum is all I'm saying. You do something that takes a lot of investment of time and money and energy and faith and hope and whatever, and maybe the charity of others. And then you think, well, it's America. I could be really successful and make a killing and sell out and be famous. Well, not me, you, not you personally, but the product. And yet, depending on who buys it, they can do whatever they want with it. You can't have a deal where someone buys your product and always keeps it the same even though they could tell you no. they, it's sort of like selling well, your to the movies, you know? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know enough about that to, to comment, but I'm sure there could be a clause in a contract somewhere that you can keep the recipes at least for X amount of years. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure. sure you, I'm sure that you will be able to do that. And, you know, just my only, my only reason for saying it is it's so rare to have such a really high quality refined product created by two people in their kitchen. And that's not just some marketing story. It's really the truth and truth, bring it yes. to this level. And then the next level does mean if you sell, you sell out and, and, and it, at some point, you have to. You can't keep on growing with just two people and a contract this right. and a contract that. So it's just, it's one of those conundrums in life. I've seen it happen with a number of companies that started out small, you know, just six people in a, in a building in Colorado. And then they get mm -hmm. bought by one of the really, really big places and says, oh, you'll have autonomy and you can still run it and you can be the CEO. But the reality is, well, we hope that the marketplace says it's got to, it, we only want it if it's like this. So anybody who discovers it has to make sure that if you notice that it gets sold, that you write to the company that buys it and say, we'll only keep on buying it if you're pure to what Don and Paula had in mind, right? There you, there you go. Yes. That's part of it. And then in that case, if you do sell it and you get relieved of having to continue to roll out dough with your cookie cutters, which I realize you're not quite doing that anymore. You could go back to making gluten-free cupcakes because people deserve something delicious too. I just want to remind you of that. Oh yes, and don't think that we haven't been asked. You know where where are the cupcakes? So they, really, it's, like I said, it's <laughs> on the back burner. It's on the back burner. Well, I have to say, yeah. I really salute successful women who do it their way and do it right, and and come out smelling like roses. I think it's great. So congratulations! I look forward to seeing you with Super Zoo. In, in Las yes. Vegas, yet another pet expo. I will come and, and, and grab some of those delicious snap peas with yak cheese and have something good to eat because they sure I don't have anything to see good you. people. Thank you so much, and thanks for being here. All the best to you and Paula. Thanks. And dogs do love kale. It's a, it's a fact. Yes, Take they care. do. Thank okay. you, Tracy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Kiss your kitties. Hug your pooches. And Give them some kale while you're at it. It's all good. Take care.